Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today in Watching Your Wealth, we'll look at where the presidential candidates stand on student debt and what it means for you. From the top of the ballot to your bottom line, this is Watching Your Wealth, an election special from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome to Watching Your Wealth's presidential election series. I'm Veronica Dagger. Mark Kantrowitz is a financial aid expert and publisher of CapEx.com, a college scholarship and search site. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So before we go into the candidate student debt proposals, we should first say these proposals are aspirational, very dependent on Congress, so they may or may not happen depending on who gets elected and things always change. So we always want to lay that out there. Um, so- uh, absolutely. I, and most likely we're going to have split control of Congress and the White House. Yeah, so we'll have to see what happens in November. Um, so let's talk about Clinton. What is she proposing regarding refinancing of loans? Well, she's proposing to allow existing borrowers to refinance their student loans at current rates, which she says will save them about $2,000 over the life of the loan. It's not clear from her proposal whether this is just federal loans or also includes private student loans. Interesting. She's also proposing debt-free public college, right? Right. So all community colleges nationwide would be tuition-free under her proposal. And at four-year public colleges, it uh, would be free tuition initially for families uh, with incomes under 85000 And that would grow by about $10,000 a year until it reached $125,000 in 2021. Did she say how she's going to pay for that? Uh, well, she would increase uh, taxes on the wealthy by closing some loopholes. Interesting. She also wants to streamline income-driven repayment plans, too, doesn't she? Right. I, right now there are four, depending how you count them, maybe five or six, income-driven repayment plans, which is confusing for borrowers. And she wants to have a single plan on a going-forward basis that would base your monthly payments on 10% of income with forgiveness after 20 years in repayment. Um, any other main highlights of her plan? Well, and she, she wants to uh, simplify the enrollment into income-driven repayment so that you'd fill out one form once instead of an annual form. Uh, she wants to make it possible for employers to help their employees pay down student loan debt, such as enabling a payroll deduction for student loan payments. And she says she's going to crack down on uh, predatory colleges, lenders, and collection agencies. Interesting. So that's a pretty big agenda. What about Trump? What has he said about student debt? Well, he hasn't said a lot. There, there haven't been a lot of specifics, but there, there have been a couple of things that some of his proxies have said. So he's been very critical of the federal government profiting off of student loans. He's proposed ending the direct loan program, replacing it with private loans from banks. Uh, and he suggested that they would base eligibility on your earning potential. Uh, he wants colleges to have skin in the game with regard to default so that they would have to pay something when a, uh, a student at their school defaults on their student loans. And he's opposed to uh, Hillary Clinton's proposals for tuition-free public higher education. Interesting. So let's take one of those at a time. Um, looking at the impact of ending the direct loan program and letting, letting banks do that, um, what would the effect to borrowers be if that happened, you think? Well, it might reduce who's eligible for a private student loan. Uh, we just ended in 2010 a system where 
private banks were making federal loans. So if it's that kind of system, that actually came out as costing the federal government money. So a proposal to revert to that would end up uh, requiring Congress to come up with the money from somewhere. Interesting. Um, He also wants colleges to have skin in the game on student loans. Did he say how they might do that? No, um, there there really haven't been any details on it. Um, My hypothesis is that uh, when a borrower defaults, the school would have to pay part of the cost of the defaulted loan in some manner. And we already have a system where if a school has too high a default rate, they can lose eligibility for federal student aid entirely. It's an all-or-nothing process. So maybe he's proposing some kind of intermediate uh, where if you have too high a core default rate, you might end up having to uh, pay the government for those loans. Any other highlights from what Trump has said so far or any of his proxies have said? Um, He said that he would cut or eliminate the U.S. Department of Education, while at the same time he said that education is one of the three most important priorities of the federal government. So it's not entirely clear what he means by that. Mm, That is unclear. Um, What about Gary Johnson really quickly, if some of our listeners follow him? Well, the only thing that we know about him with regard to higher education is that he would eliminate the U.S. Department of Education. Mm. So who knows what that could mean. Um, Tell us, um, given all this sort of uncertainty, we don't know who's going to get elected, we don't know what Congress is going to look like, as you said, um, what should listeners do, especially our millennial listeners who may have student debt or may be taking on student debt, what should they do given all these proposals? Well, if they care about a particular candidate's proposals, they should vote for that candidate. And it's important not just to vote for the presidential elections, but also in the congressional races, Mm. because that's going to matter just as much as who becomes uh, in control of the White House. Absolutely. Millennials were the swing vote in the last two elections. They can be the swing vote in the current election. So if they care what happens to student loans and paying for college, they should vote. Absolutely. Get out there, do your research and vote. Anything else in terms of managing the student debt they may have? Do you have any tips on that? Well, assuming that all student loans are going to be forgiven is probably not going to happen. No, you don't think no matter who wins? Yeah, I, I wouldn't base... Uh, what I'm doing on the assumption that the loans are just all going to disappear, so shouldn't pay anything now. No, I, you, you, you pay them as though those loans are going to continue. They might get a little bit cheaper, but generally speaking, with presidential campaign proposals, what's actually implemented usually falls short of the promises. Mm-hmm. So you'll get some savings potentially, but um, depending on who's elected, but not a whole lot of savings. Got you. So we should stay the course, keep paying down those loans uh, slowly and surely as best we can? Right. And and if you're able to make extra payments on your loans, do so. Address the, I mean, accelerate repayment of the highest interest rate loans to save the most money. Because, I mean, I don't, there have been proposals in the past to refinance student loans at lower interest rates, and they haven't passed. Uh, they've been come up for a vote twice, and they haven't passed. So it's highly unlikely that they'll pass. And even if uh, one candidate takes the White House, chances are Congress is either going to be held by the other party or there will be split control of Congress. So any, for any kind of legislation to pass, it needs cooperation among the uh, Democratic and Republican parties. Uh, and uh, so if one candidate's proposing something that's opposed by the other party, 
it's probably not going to pass. We'll see how much cooperation we have in the future. Uh, we don't want to hold our breath. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thanks again to CapEx.com's Mark Kantrowitz for joining us. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at WSJ.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ.